0: I'm so glad you joined us today on this day after Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas celebration. It was great to be together on Christmas Eve. And I don't know right now if you're watching from home or maybe on your phone. Uh, maybe you're looking around. If you're li- watching in your living room, maybe there's Christmas papers stacked up in the corners, wadded up from the opening of the gifts. You've got boxes somewhere. If we've been blessed enough to have those kinds of gifts, maybe you even have some some sweaters or some Clothes that you need to return and take back uh, to the store. And, you know, we, we, we almost have like this post-Christmas hangover after we spent this whole month and all these weeks uh, leading up to Christmas. We, we hit that day after and it's like it all comes to a, to a grinding halt. It's like at, at Christmas Day at midnight, all of a sudden the radio stations that have been playing the Christmas music, they're done, you know, and, and we're done. And we, we come to this point where we're just worn out and we're exhausted and we're just looking forward to a chance to have a few days of rest. But it's almost like with any holiday and things that we celebrate, it, you know, no sooner is one event done and all of a sudden our attention is right away on the next thing. And when we look at what's happening in society around us, I mean, if you're going into the stores today. It's almost immediate, and you'll see all the stuff from Christmas, right? It's all discounted. So today's probably a good day to go out there and maybe buy some of those little clips that you need to hang your Christmas lights on the house or wrapping paper, right? It's all 50% off. Get it out of here. We're focusing on the next thing because you know what's next? It's New Year's Eve. And so I'm already ready for New Year's Eve. I don't know if you're ready. I got my party hat on. I got my party whistle you guys ready? New Year's Eve, right? We no, time to, no time to stop. we got to head right into the next year because time. It's the end of 2021. We want to put 2021 to bed, and we want to focus on a better year. Remember when we said that at the end of 2020? Well, here we are again, the end of 2021, and we just want to roll into the next year. But I think this Sunday and I think this week gives us a unique opportunity to pause and to slow down. And so today I want to talk about the importance of slowing down and really the importance of remembering and how remembering is really a spiritual uh, experience. It's something that God has designed us for and, and given us a way in which when we remember, God moves in us. And we're going to look at some things in the Bible, some scriptures that show us how important remembering is. And so on this day after Christmas, I guess I want to ask you to start off with is what happened the day after Christmas? We've been watching and hearing the Christmas story and going to church, and and we know what happened on Christmas Day. We have the shepherds, the angels, the star, Mary and Joseph, the baby in a manger, Jesus is born. But what happens the day after Christmas? Well, I think the day after Christmas, the day after Jesus' birth, we read in Luke that the shepherds went and they told everyone about what they had seen. I'm assuming that they went the next morning, since it happened at night, and they were with their sheep, and they got back and put their sheep back. And then they went out and they told everyone what had happened. And the people said were amazed and they were awed and that was cool. But then there's this little line in Luke chapter 2 verse 19 that, that talks about Mary. What did Mary do the day after Christ's birth, the day after that first Christmas? Well, as a newborn mom, she was probably relieved to be through all the labor pains and all of the things that took place the night before. And maybe she had this moment where she was just, maybe Joseph was still sleeping and the cattle weren't stirring quite yet and she was holding baby Jesus. But we read in in Luke chapter 2, in verse 19, it says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart. And it says she thought about them often. Another verse says that Mary treasured these things. It's like she took a moment to step back and she paused after all of the craziness of the night before and the travel getting to Bethlehem. Now she had a moment to just stop to ponder, to think, to treasure these thoughts. And it says she thought about them often. Remembering really means to think about something again, to bring it back to your mind and to relive or to re-experience what took place and to bring those memories back to mind. And so on, on this day, this last Sunday of the year, this last week of the year, instead of just rushing headlong into the new year, this is a great week, a great day to slow down, to pause and to remember. Not just to reflect on Christmas, but think about the whole past year. What are some of those experiences? What are you treasuring? What are you holding on to? One of the first things that I think about is our family trip this, this summer. Uh, when I just think back over the year, and I often like to do that in the last week of the year, take some time to, to reflect. And, and I look back on the, our summer, and we did this awesome family uh, road trip, right? Over 4,300 miles. We were heading out west towards Yellowstone. We experienced all kinds of neat experiences along the way. You know, I remember pulling into to Yellowstone, and it was early in the morning. We tried to go before the crowds came, and while well, the animals were just, you know, getting out as the sun was rising, and we got into the park, and we were about a, you know, maybe just a mile into the park, and there were really no no one else around. Our van was pretty quiet, and we're looking out the window, and all of a sudden, Shannon just starts. My wife, Shannon, looks out the window, and she just like couldn't contain herself. She's like see things, see things. She couldn't even get the words out. She was just excited. I'm not even sure what she saw, whether it was a bear or an animal. And we just all started laughing. And it really became kind of our motto for the trip. That's like, get out there, see things and and enjoy things. And and it was one of those moments that we just held on to um, with, with the girls and kept referring back to over and over again. But we saw bears and animals, beauty of God's creation we kept going on the trip and and even other memories we have i, I remember go, we were going horseback riding and and in wyoming at a at, at a horse ranch and as we were out all of a sudden weather started rolling in and it was about to be a thunderstorm and and all of a sudden our guide got pretty freaked out that we shouldn't be riding horses in a thunderstorm and our guide started freaking out and she had us get off the horses and walk them, but the weather kept getting, getting worse. And eventually we were too far from the ranch to walk the horses. So she had us jump on the horses and just said, ride and ride fast. And, and so we got a a unique experience unlike any other, even to the point that when we got near the barn and back to the ranch, she had us jump off our horses and said, basically, save yourselves, run, let the horses go. And and we laugh about it now, but the girls were pretty freaked out at, at it during the moment. And, and then we kept going on our trip, and one of the experiences was going whitewater rafting. And... Uh, while we're on this 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 uh, guided rafting trip, we got this guide named, uh, I think his name was Stifler, and we kind of got stiffed. He didn't seem like the most competent guide. He was fun and he was good. But um, at one point, we almost missed our turnout, and um, we had to have other boats throw us ropes to keep us from going over some rapids that we were not equipped to go over. So anyway, just some fun memories. As you think back in the year, it's so easy for us to just move forward and, and forget what has taken place. And those memories, those those things that we think about can bring us joy. I think about the church and giving so much energy of, uh, you know, every year into this ministry. And we began the year. of A year ago, we were in lockdown. We couldn't have Christmas celebrations together. And it wasn't until about mid-January that we were able to open up again. And just to see how God has been uh, just using the, the ministry and growing our ministries again in this post-COVID time. And I think about our outdoor service that we had in the spring, that was just so awesome being outside and having the food trucks and, and all the people you know, staying together and having conversation, hanging out. It was just like new life was emerging. And just the way this fall has continued to go, and we see ministries rebounding. We see new people coming to the church, and, and baptisms happening, and it is just a joy. And it's good to pause, to stop, to think back and go, God, you're so good, and we remember those times. But is it only the good things that we want to remember? Is it only the things you look back in the year and say, hey, why are you just picking some good stuff? It's important to remember the hard things too. It's important to remember the challenging times and and, and the obstacles because there's power in remembering those things as well. I mean, if you think about Mary, when she pondered whatever she pondered, I wonder if she pondered the difficulty and the challenge of of being told by an angel that she was going to have a baby when she was still Uh, not married to Joseph and what that was going to mean socially for them to have to 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 deal with that and then to be nine months pregnant and to go now we have to go and travel because there's a census being taken and I got to ride a donkey for how many hours you got to be kidding me and then to get into town and get into to, to Bethlehem and to realize there's no place for them to stay and she's feeling the the cramps of of labor pains and Joseph saying well I found you this barn outside how's that And and I wonder if she takes all those memories, the obstacles, the challenges as well, because we bring all of those things together and we remember those things. And in in the Old Testament, there's a story that I want us to focus on a little bit, and it's it's found in, in Joshua chapter four. And in the story in the Old Testament, the people of God, the Israelites had been wandering in the desert, and it was finally time for them to take hold of the promised land. But the only thing that stood between them and the promised land was the Jordan River. The Jordan River was overflowing its banks, which meant that it was at a flood stage and and was not an easy crossing. You didn't have bridges, you didn't have ferries, and you had to get hundreds of thousands of people, the Israelites, across the Jordan to the other side. And so the Lord instructed Joshua, he said, tell the priests to take the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, which represented Christ's presence, and walk to the edge of the river. And so they did. They walked and marched to the edge of the river. And it says, when the feet of the priests hit the water, the water upstream dammed up, stopped flowing, and the rest of it began to flow downstream. And the priests continued to walk with the ark right into the middle of the Jordan River. And while they were in the middle of the Jordan River, now the people began to cross. They began to come through. And they walked past the Ark of the Covenant, past God's presence there in the middle and out the other side. And it said they walked through on dry ground, every one of them, and they made it to the other side. I mean, what an awesome memory. But how easy would it have been for them at that point to say, you know what? Staring at them on the other side of the Jordan, there was the city of Jericho, the walled, fortified city of Jericho. And for everyone to set their attention and say, all right, now it's time. We're going to have to fight these battles, get our attention focused forward. But the Lord didn't let them do that. The Lord actually gave Joshua some very important instructions to pause and to slow down. And I want to read uh, a couple of scriptures from you here from Joshua chapter 4. In Joshua chapter 4, after they had crossed through, here's what it says. When all the people were safely across the river, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell the men to take 12 stones from where the priests were standing in the middle of the Jordan and pile them up, at the place where you camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men and told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in in front of the Ark of the Lord, your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes. And he continues, we will use these stones to build a memorial. These stones will stand as a permanent memorial among the people of Israel. And so there's this There's this moment where the Lord tells Joshua, "Eh, don't go so fast. Don't start setting your sights on the next thing. Stay here for a moment. As a matter of fact, I want you to go back and I want you to go right back into the middle of that river and take out these 12 stones. Why? Well, later, one of the reasons he gives them why is he says, first he says to build a memorial. What's a memorial for? It's a memorial to, to remember. And then it says later in verse 21, he says, then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up, and we all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know the power of the Lord, and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. And so we have this this amazing story They come through a a powerful experience. And then Joshua sends them back based on the Lord's instructions to take these big boulders, these stones, and to build a memorial. A memorial to remember, a memorial to reflect that when generations would come back, when the children would come back and say, why are these 12 stones piled up over here? Well, then you can tell them, here's what God did. You see, we do this in different ways in our nation all the time, especially when it comes to tragedies or, or to military, uh, you know, conquests or, or, or tragedies that have happened. Think about 9-11, the 9-11 memorial, or places where uh, around the country where they shipped some of the marred and twisted steel and they create these other 9-11 m- memorials. And what is the one thing that is always said, we will never forget It's a way that we take things that were difficult, things that represented pain or challenge, and we come and we create a place of remembrance and what that does. And I think about this and I think about these, these memorials and these obstacles. And what I think God was trying to do is he was trying to remind us, even to this day, that when we remember, what God does is he takes our obstacles and he turns them into altars. He takes the very thing that stood in the way that, 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 the thing that that maybe is knocking us out, the thing that we can't get over. He says, when you remember, and when you remember God's presence, that obstacle can become an altar, a place of worship, a place to, to acknowledge before God. And I think, why did he tell them to take the rocks, take these boulders out of the middle of the river? Well, I think a couple of things. The river, again, represented this obstacle. On the other side, they didn't know how they would get across. And the river, in the middle of the river, represents the deepest part. The most challenging part. And maybe some of those rocks were even places that they stumbled over with, with the wagons and the carts and 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 getting to that place. But it was also right in the middle of the river where God was. It was the Ark of the Covenant. It represented God's presence. And it was God's presence and God's provision that led them through to the other side. And before going on to the next thing, it was time to, to take stock, to remember, and to say, God, you are with us. You are with us through the deep waters. You made a path where there wasn't a path. You were there and every one of them walked past God's presence. And so I think in terms of of our experiences, I think about how we look back on our year and say, God, where have you been present? How have you helped us through these challenges? And it takes time for us to remember those things. There's another passage in the Old Testament where the prophet Samuel and the Israelites had just finished a battle against the Philistines, their arch rivals. And after God had given them victory, instead of moving on to the next thing, Samuel takes a stone and he sets it in a place between these two cities. And he said, this stone will be called Ebenezer. Ebenezer, you might be thinking of Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Just coming out of Christmas. Ebenezer, what does that mean? Ebenezer means the stone of help, the stone of help. And when he placed it, he said, up to this point, the Lord has been with us. The Lord has helped us. And so he sets up the stone as this reminder in the same way that we're going to remember that God was there, that God helped us to this point. There's an old hymn called, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And in that song, it might be the only song that uses this word Ebenezer, but there's a line that says, Come Thou Fount of, of Every Blessing. And it says, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come. Now, we don't talk old, uh, speak Old English like that. What do you mean, Raise my Ebenezer? When we come to these places of challenge, or we come through places that God has helped us, we raise the Ebenezer, we raise the stone that reminds us that the Lord has helped us. Hither by Thy help I've come. Up until this point, God, the only reason I've come this far is because You have helped me. And so, as we take time, as we pause, as we step back, and we look over a year, we go, God, where have You helped us? What were the obstacles I faced? What were the challenges? What were the joyous mom- moments? And maybe we're right in the middle, middle of a difficult time. You're dealing with something financially that you're going, I'm struggling to make ends meet. You have an issue at, at work you're, or you're finding work or getting that promotion, or maybe you've been laid off. Challenges in relationships or in marriage or with a friend or, or betrayal that you felt in the year. Maybe you're just dealing with the loss of a loved one. And we look at these obstacles and, and we may not want to remember or dwell on them. But there's something powerful that happens when we allow God to turn these obstacles into altars, when we bring them before God and say, God, you've helped us to this point. You see, the reason we're able to do this, the reason we're able to turn obstacles into altars is because of what Jesus did for us. He was the one who took the ultimate obstacle and turned it into an altar. And that's the cross. When, when Jesus went to the cross, I mean, the cross represented humility, it represented shame, it represented torture, it represented pain, and ultimately it re- represented death, death on that cross. And it's something we would want to avoid, it's something we'd never want to remember, right? We want to put that behind us and just focus on the resurrection. But when we take those times and, and we remember, something powerful can happen because of what Jesus did on that cross, right? Right? He took the very thing that was the obstacle and he turned it into an altar, a place where he was sacrificed for the forgiveness of our sins, a place where he turned death into everlasting life through the empty tomb. And Jesus wants us to remember things like that. Like he said himself when he was having the last supper with his disciples, he says, whenever you eat of this bread, whenever you drink of this cup, what did he say? He said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember the broken body. Remember the blood that was spilled out. But don't just remember to dwell on it, but remember that through it came life. Through the obstacles and through the challenges, God can bring new life. And so as we think about the challenges that we faced in this past year, there have been many as a nation, and I'm sure there have been many that you faced in your own life. And there's been many good things, I believe, too, that have happened if we take the time to look. And in all these places like Mary, pondering and, and taking these treasures and thinking about them, I really want to challenge you in these last days of the year. Don't just rush into 2022. And maybe even today on this last Sunday of the year, you take some time to stop, to pause, to ponder, to, to mine those boulders. What are those stones that you can bring out from this last year and remember? What's your Ebenezer, that, that stone that reminds you of God's help? Now, we, you may not have crossed through a physical river and gotten stones. I don't know that any of us have done that. But there are ways that we can do that. I don't know if uh, if, if you're like me, I, I keep a I keep a journal. I'm not like a daily journal journaler. Some years I only have like two or three, four entries. But it's a way for me, a, a yearly discipline to go back through and to read what I've written at different times in the year and to remember, God, what have you done in my life? And then to write a year-end uh, entry reflecting on lessons learned and, and things that um, God has helped me through. And so if you have a journal, that's an awesome place to go. And if you don't, I encourage you, just, just start. When I first started my first journal, I wrote myself a note, though, and I said, I'm not going to put myself under any pressure to write every day. And I think maybe that is what helped me uh, be able to, to journal, but it's there. But whether you realize it or not, many of us today, we journal in different ways. One way, one way you can look is your calendar. Go back through your calendar and just, just start back in January. What were the events that took place? And what when you scheduled that, what what took place in that time? Another thing that we all do, we have a photo journal. Uh, so many of us are taking pictures of everything from, from our food to our pets and whatnot. But, but if you look in your phone and you just go back through or you go back through your social media, go back and see, God, where have you been present? And pull out those memories and, and even the difficult ones. And remind yourself that these challenges, that these obstacles that are there, God can turn those into altars. And when we remember, and when we give God thanks, it's a thing that God moves in us spiritually. And we can, we can hold on to that and say, God, thank you for helping me. Thank you for bringing me through. And it really allows us to face the new year with a different confidence, knowing that God is with us, that God has not abandoned us, that we are still standing. And so as we close this year and this last Sunday, one question I guess I have for you as well is how is it in your soul? As you reflect back on this past year, as you reflect back on where you are right now and beginning that new year, where are the challenges? Where are the things that are holding you back? The obstacles between you and your relationship with God. And maybe even in these moments, you take those doubts, those fears, those disappointments, the questions that you have, and you say, God, I bring them to you right now. And as we close out the year, God, I don't want to end in this way. I want to bring these to you and make these a place of worship for you. Come and renew me, fill me, and and just let me know of your presence and your nearness. And I believe that's going to give us an opportunity to really begin our year on the right spiritual foundation. And then as we think about the next year, what new memories, what new experiences can we build on? as we look back and we see God's faithfulness and we remember his goodness, that he has been with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to close out our year together, joining together online or with others in our home or uh, just connected in different ways. Father, help us not to just rush into the new year, but just to step back and to give thanks, God, in so many ways you have been with us. Not only when we've experienced good things, but even through the difficulties, God, you've been there with us right in the middle of the river, right in the middle of the deep waters. And God, we thank you for bringing us to this place. God, I thank you for Meadow Park, and I thank you for the people, and the the way that you have brought us through this year and the years before. That allows us, God, to look confidently ahead at this next year, excited for what you will do. And so, God, we just give you thanks. And Lord, for anyone listening who is maybe struggling spiritually or wondering about their relationship with you and have, has obstacles in the way. Lord Father, I pray that you would take those very things and allow your presence to be revealed and to be a place where, God, you can restore and bring new life spiritually and bring us alive in you. God, we close this year with you and we give you thanks in all things. Amen.